0: Jesus our good shepherd. We are here before you this morning and and as we prepare to read your word, we ask that you would speak to us, that we would hear your voice clearly calling to us through the pages of scripture. Lord, that in these words we would recognize you our good shepherd, the one who loves and cares for us, and that that as we hear your voice that we would um, would come to you, that we would follow after you, and that we would see you guiding our feet in the paths of righteousness. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to be looking at um, John chapter 10. So if you've got a Bible handy or your phone, um, turn to John chapter 10. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 21 together. Uh, Just for a little bit of context, last week we read the story in John chapter nine about the man who was born blind and Jesus came across his path, healed him, um, and because of this healing, the, the leaders of the time, the leaders in Israel, they actually threw this man out of the synagogue, they they excommunicated him from his people because he chose to follow Jesus, and he um, he spoke up against their leadership. He contradicted them, he questioned them, and they they didn't appreciate that, so they kicked him out. And so now here in John chapter ten, the the story continues, and it is uh, Jesus's. Indictment. Uh, Jesus is teaching his words against that kind of leadership that just kicked this man, the man who received a sight, kicked him out of the synagogue. And so Jesus describes himself as the the true leader for his people and he contrasts his leadership with the leadership that was on display of, at the at the time and so we see Jesus using uh, three different metaphors to describe himself and to to talk about um, his leadership and their leadership and those three metaphors are a shepherd of the sheep the door of the sheep and the good shepherd the, this kind of shepherding language uh, would have been really familiar to the people of Israel this was language that was um, that they were used to uh, for describing God and for describing leaders that it was common to describe leaders as shepherds caring for their flock you'll see this kind of language on this display when scripture talks about King David when scripture talks about Moses when scripture talks about God caring for his people in Ezekiel chapter 34 there is um, this whole chapter that that describes the the false shepherds of the time leaders who had set themselves up over Israel and they were profiting off of the the weak and the poor and the helpless flock that they were supposed to be caring for, and instead of caring for the weak and protecting the the weak and caring for the sick, they were they were profiting. They were were um, feasting off of the things that should have been feeding those in their care. And God comes and He judges those leaders harshly, and He also promises that He will establish a shepherd like David who would rule over his flock with justice, a shepherd who would care for the flock, would care for the weak, would heal the sick, and would lead his people into pastures that were green and lush. And so, there's all of this this background language that the people would have been familiar with and so Jesus responds to the leaders of Israel using the same type of language um, that would bring to mind not only God's judgment against false shepherds but his promise to rescue his people and give them a good shepherd to lead them so let's begin in in John chapter 10 beginning in verse 1, where Jesus describes himself as a shepherd of the sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. In a village at the time, a village that would have had sheep There would have been a courtyard in the village where many different households would all shelter their sheep at night, and the households would pull their finances together and they would hire uh, a gatekeeper, a watchman, to watch over. The sheep at night to protect them um, not only from predators, but protect them really from from thieves and robbers who would come to steal their flock. And then in the morning when light has come, the the shepherds of each individual household, a lot of times a child, maybe the son of the household would come out and would call their flock by name, would call them out from amongst all the rest of the sheep, and their sheep would recognize the voice of their true shepherd, and only their sheep would follow them out so that they could go graze in the pasture. So as Jesus describes himself in in this type of language, he describes himself as the shepherd of the sheep, and he talks about the, the voice of the shepherd that his sheep would hear and recognize his voice over that of a stranger. His sheep are able to recognize the difference between their shepherd and another shepherd, a false shepherd, one they shouldn't be following. God promises that his sheep will recognize his voice That we would experience Jesus calling to us and in his voice, we would hear the voice of our God calling to us. And the call of this shepherd, the call of this shepherd is that he is going to call each sheep by name. He's going to call his sheep by name and they will recognize him. It's like at the end of the Gospel of John when Mary goes to the tomb of Jesus and the tomb is empty and she is distraught because she thinks that someone has stolen his body. And so she sees a man that she thinks is the gardener but in reality is Jesus and she asks him what's happened to Jesus' body. And it's not until this man speaks her name and says, Mary, he calls out her name. And then suddenly Mary recognizes that the one before her really is her teacher, really is Jesus. He spoke her name and she suddenly recognizes Jesus. Jesus calls his flock by name just like the shepherds in ancient Israel. He doesn't just see a whole unit of sheep. He sees the individuals. He knows their name, their personality, their needs. Jesus sees us. The God of the universe knows your name, knows all about you, and he lovingly calls you, inviting you to know him the same way he knows you. And he calls his sheep by name and calls them out. He leads them out. This is the same kind of language that was used in the previous chapter to describe the way the the false leaders of the time, the false shepherds, sent the blind man out from among them. That they sent him out of their flock And Jesus is redefining this moment in history and is saying that, no, the the false shepherds didn't really um, send this man out. I'm calling him out. I've called this man by name, this man who once was blind, and I am calling him to myself to join with me in this new flock that I'm surrounding myself with. This new community that Jesus is forming calling sheep out of their current pens in order to join in his flock. The shepherd calls each sheep by name. He calls them out. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice, and they will not follow a stranger. This is a kind of knowing that they have have seen and recognized. They know that this is the one who is their shepherd. It's not just one voice among many, it's the voice of their shepherd, the one that they know cares for them well. They trust him and they follow him, but they won't follow another, like the man born blind who ignored the leadership of the day in order to follow after the voice of Jesus. But as Jesus used this this imagery of the shepherd of the sheep, uh, the people didn't quite understand him, or maybe they didn't want to understand um, him because he was indicting them and their leadership. And so Jesus expands. He expands on this, this metaphor, this teaching, by using some similar metaphors. And so next we'll see that Jesus describes himself as the door of the sheep starting in verse seven. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and I will go in and out and will find pasture. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we've moved from the village and now we're into the countryside, into the grazing land, where a shelter would have been set up in the fields, uh, walls with an an open doorway to protect the sheep at night from predators. So as they're grazing out during the day, they uh, they would come in and enter in through the door into this pen to find protection at night. And so Jesus, again, is contrasting leadership here. He talks about the thieves and the robbers uh, versus the door, the one who is the door. And the thieves and robbers are the ones who come to steal, to kill, to destroy, right? The thieves and robbers would have come to to steal the sheep, to kill the sheep, to destroy them and, and eat them, to use the sheep for their own benefit, and in contrast to that, Jesus describes himself as the door for the sheep, and that if the sheep would, would come in through him, they would find rest and security within his walls. And as the sheep go out through him, they would find lush pastures and fresh water to drink. Jesus is the door for the sheep, and it's through this door that his sheep will find salvation. They'll find rescue. Jesus is the door for the sheep, and it's through this door that his sheep will will find will be provided with protection, provision, and rest. They will go in and go out through him. This phrase that going in and out or coming and going is a term used throughout the Old Testament to describe the entirety of life. All of our day, every moment of our day is, can be described in our comings and our goings. This is language that describes uh, living and abiding in Jesus. This type of language that's all throughout the book of John. And Jesus is saying, I'm the door. If you would come in and out through me, if you would live your life in me, you will find life. Shepherds of the day, in the morning, at sunrise, they would take their sheep out through the door out through the gate of the sheep pen so that they could go out and find pasture to graze in. And then mid-morning, the shepherd would guide them to some water so that they could drink. And then as the sun gets high in the sky and and there's heat throughout, then the shepherd would lead them to a place, um, hopefully of of shade so that they could rest during the heat of of the midday. And then again, as the sun starts lowering, he would take the sheep to, to find water again and more land to graze on. And then finally, when nightfall hits, they would go back in through the door, into the door to their sheep pen to be Protected at night while they sleep, the shepherd would lay across this doorway to protect the sheep from any wolves that might come to eat them, to protect them from any thieves or robbers who might come to steal them. It's through this doorway that Jesus' sheep will find life. It's through this doorway that they will find life. This door will provide them with abundant life abundant is a word that that describes something that's beyond the regular number or the regular size it's over the top it's excessive it's more than expected it's unnecessary not required beyond the norm it's it's excessive amounts of life that jesus is offering to his sheep the thieves and the robbers they come to steal kill and destroy But Jesus offers life. The thieves and robbers come to take. Jesus comes to give. This is the kind of leadership that we find in Jesus. A leadership that gives of his own life so that others might find abundant life. This is, is not the kind of leadership that, that people in Israel were, were experiencing at the time. They were experiencing a kind of leadership that looked out for themselves, that put themselves first, and didn't look to the needs of others. But Jesus is showing what true leadership looks like. Giving instead of taking. And this kind of leadership that Jesus gives is a leadership that offers abundance. A super size amount of life. And Jesus will show that this this way of life that's found in him is is found through his death. And so Jesus switches metaphors here again, um, and he calls himself the good shepherd. Starting in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I know my sheep and my own know me. This is a knowing, a a deep personal knowing. David Benner in the book, The Gift of Being Yourself, talks about this kind of knowing, a transformational knowing, a knowing that goes beyond just head knowledge, a knowing uh, about something or someone and moves into uh, an experiential knowledge of someone. It would be like me reading uh, and studying about Jesus and learning that he loves me and, and believing it and then actually moving to a place where I've experienced Jesus's love firsthand. And now I don't just have a head knowledge about Jesus's love, but I have personal experience of it. This is the kind of knowing that Jesus offers his sheep. He knows his sheep this way And he invites us to know him this way a deep, personal, intimate kind of knowing. It's a knowing that's relational. It can't be studied from a distance and and objectively. It has to be experienced personally and up close. And Jesus, as the Good Shepherd, not only knows his sheep, but he lays down his life for his sheep. And this is how we'll recognize the Good Shepherd this is how he calls us out into his new flock by laying down his life as jesus laid down his life and was lifted up on the cross he called us to himself john chapter 12 verse 32 jesus says that when i am lifted up from the earth i will draw all people to myself that as he lays down his life we would see in that act the loving God on display, a God full of love and care and sacrifice for us. And this is when we would see and recognize Jesus as a good shepherd. Good is a word that describes something that's noble, something that's beautiful and honorable, something that's worthy of praise, something that's attractive, something that's admirable. There is something noble and attractive about Jesus's death. There's something beautiful about the way he willingly sacrificed himself for those who had made themselves out to be his enemies. And as Jesus lays down his life, we see that he truly is the good shepherd, not just any shepherd, but one who is truly noble and beautiful. And this good shepherd makes one flock out of a, a diverse community. Jesus, in, in his time on earth, mainly spent his time speaking to uh, Jewish people. But here he clearly states that there are others that he longs to, to call out, to call into his flock. And they're not here yet. And Jesus is speaking of a time when the good news of Jesus as a king, as of Jesus ruling and reigning as the good shepherd on earth, that this message would go beyond just the confines of Israel and it would make its way into the rest of the world so that all people would have a chance to hear the voice of the good shepherd calling him and would have a chance to follow this voice into abundant life. So Jesus promises that he will be the one shepherd that will rule over and care for this one united flock. Jesus, once again, contrasts himself uh, with the leadership of the day. In each of these three metaphors, he's contrasting how he is a leader versus the current leaders of the day. And so he contrasts a good shepherd with a hired hand. Uh, A hired hand is going to run and flee from danger. A hired hand isn't going to willingly sacrifice their life for the sheep a hired hand isn't invested in the care of the sheep and so he puts himself first before the flock the the hired hand looks out for his own interest he counts the cost and decides that the cost is too great and so he flees and cares for himself instead of the sheep but it's not so with Jesus Jesus counts the cost and he he knows that the cost is worth it if he's willing to sacrifice himself to sacrifice his very life willing to lay it all down because he longs to shepherd his sheep well jesus is good and admiral and we can see by looking at his life and his leadership that there is something honorable and attractive about his words and his actions These same qualities aren't observed in the hired hands. These same qualities aren't observed in in the thieves and the robbers of the the previous metaphors, the leaders of Israel. Their lives weren't causing people to be drawn to them because of their goodness. And this is how we know true leadership, that there is something good and noble and admirable about it. Uh, A true leader who's willing to lay down their life, put the needs of others before their own. And so finally, the the response of the crowd is is found in verse 19. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? In these three metaphors, we see a description of what a true leader looks like. True leadership is selfless and willing to lay down its life. Instead of self-preservation and running away, it's selfless. True leadership is concerned for those they're entrusted with and not concerned for themselves. True leadership gives instead of takes. And so where you see a, a thief and a robber coming to steal, kill, and destroy, you see the good shepherd giving life, abundant life, This was all uh, an indictment against the current leadership of Israel, both their political and their religious leaders. And by the response of the the people here in verse 19, you see that that many of those people who were in power were not super excited about this message that Jesus brought. Many couldn't or wouldn't recognize the voice of their shepherd calling them out. But still others heard Jesus' voice and did recognize something true in it. But in these three metaphors of of Jesus as the shepherd of the sheep, as the door of the sheep, and as the, the good shepherd, Jesus shows himself to be the true leader that God had promised to lead his people. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the message, generations before Jesus spoke these words, God had promised through his prophet Ezekiel that he would rescue his people from the false shepherds, um, from the the leaders who were corrupt and self-centered and only out for themselves. And instead, God would care for his people well. He promised that he would care for his people through a shepherd like David. And Jesus is this shepherd. That's what Jesus is claiming here in this chapter. He is the way that God has established his rule and his reign in the world. Jesus is the way that God is caring for the world. Jesus is the way that God is calling his sheep out and calling them into his flock, promising to shepherd over them with justice, promising to give them shelter and protection, provision and rest, offering them life, abundant life, full life. And this is what Jesus still offers to us today, that For anyone that would hear his voice, would hear the voice of the Good Shepherd calling them by name, that if we would come to him, he will offer us true life. That we'll find in him God caring for us, guiding, directing, protecting us. That in contrast to to all the the other kinds of selfish and self-centered leadership that's available in the world, Jesus offers a truly radical, different way, a way of self-sacrifice and love and care, leadership that is good and noble and admirable. Would we choose the way and the path of Jesus?